This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Kia ora, my name's Rex Lovegrove. And welcome to Colours of the Heart, looking at life's challenges from a place of presence and compassion. Imagine there's no heaven forward to Colours of the Heart. I have Rowena in the house. Now Rowena has been heavily involved in social work. She's got a range of skills and I've been really quite um, curious and, and, and at times concerned about our younger generation and this is not a judgment, this is an observation in regard to how, 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 how they've developed or the lack of development and we have depression and suicide and a whole range of, let's say, challenging circumstances in regard to our youth. And um, recently I heard a podcast with Mike King screaming and crying and showing raw emotion around his concern for young people and the lack of support in Aroha that seems to be um, um, missing from those in power. So I've brought the sweetheart, this ninja warrior on board to share her insights as a social worker and what she sees as gaps and what we could do to support these young people that, from my perspective, at times are really struggling in a time of change and questionable nature. So Rowena, thank you for the show, coming on the show. Thank you so much for putting your hand up and sharing your insights, your expertise. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's your thoughts about the younger generation, my sweetheart? Well, firstly, thank you, Rex, for having me on your show. It's always a, it's always an honour to talk about these things. And I feel like it's the time that we're in, it's really important that we do have these discussions. So thank you for opening this discussion. And I think what I want to sort of really bring some attention to is our boys mm. and our young men and the way that they're suffering. And uh, I think we have to start putting a light on what may be some of the underlying reasons why we seem to have hit a bit of a crisis situation with our young men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who, as you um, described, there's a sense of lost, mm -hmm. that they're somehow a lost generation. And it's up to us to guide them back home. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Hey. And that's what I've spent years doing. I mean, I started and ran a charity in the UK for the Bath City Council, actually. And it was a residential treatment service for young people. It was adolescent specific and it was hugely successful and it's still going now. So that's really where I got to learn this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your passion. So what are, what are, what are the steps that we can take to actually um, empower 
the young people that, as I made reference, are struggling somewhat, what, what would you do? And what are you doing, please? Well, look, I think that one of the things that we have to do to understand how we got to where, where we are now is to go back a little bit and have a look at the, the changes, the social changes that have taken place that have led us here. Mm. And um, one of the difficulties I think now is understanding the troubles that the young people face, what it is that they're here to do. This is this kind of, I mean, sociologists have labelled it the crisis of masculinity. Mm. And that is exactly what it is. And that is because we have lost our way. We have forgotten what we're raising our young men for. You know, that, yeah, there, there's much work that we have to do, truth be known. Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, again, it's not a judgment, it's an observation, but I've, I've noticed and I've been part of a lot of groups that are about um, freedom of speech, um, the right to choose. Yeah. And there are more women turning up to those yeah. meetings yeah. than men. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that, please? What's your thoughts? Well, look, it, it's a complex situation. And, and I think we have to look at the feminization of young men and what we've done to our warriors, actually, the way that we've feminized them through the education system. You've only got to look at the culture that we're in to look at the destruction that we have unfolded on our young men. If you turn on the telly, okay, and look at an advert, say it's for a cleaning product, the story is that, the, oh, the stupid man can't clean properly. He's going to have a man look. He's got a man flu. You know, these are de de degrading and infantilizing ways that we are talking about our men. It's almost like the masculine cannot get it right. They are, they are trying, you know, to feminize them. Their feelings are wrong. Their, their boyishness is wrong. You know, there's so much oppression that has gone on and it's all gone on very subtly through culture and education. And so we can't see it until we hit the crisis point that we're in. Mm -hmm. That's when we see it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. And what's really concerning is that you don't see kids out in the playground as we used to. Mm -hmm. We don't see kids climbing trees as they used to do. They're not integrating strength with with um, um, intelligence mm. to the extent they used to. And what's your feelings on on social media and and, and, and how it's so readily available to our young people? Mm. What, what's your insight to that, love? Well it, well, it takes us into the superficial and into that sort of desirous, narcissistic, um, me, 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 type of reality it's it's a, it's, a, it's a fake reality yeah because it's it, it's a distraction to get lost in do you know what i mean mm. and it's doing harm it's affecting attention span it's just a sort of pollution in the culture yeah oh. it's another reason why we're so lost well mm. said well said now so like what are the what are the solutions from your perspective, based on your skill level, you know, your, your, your um, profession mm. as a social worker, and I know you've been doing it for some time now, mm. what do you think are the solutions from your perspective? Well, I mean, 
it's going to be a sort of multi-pronged approach really to resolve this i think that as the adults the elders mm. we have to go back in our own minds and remember what it was like remember how difficult that bridge was to cross into adulthood and, and remind ourselves of all the things that we need to do that and also what was lost as we crossed that bridge really mm. and often when i think of young men and the world that they're inhabiting and how complicated and difficult that world can feel i think of the simplicity in times gone by and look i am not a historicist but i do look to history to give me an understanding of the present reality we're in and one of the stories that comes to mind i think is so profound if you take a more anthro anthropological perspective and look at how human beings raised other human beings in time gone by. Mm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I think about the uh, Sioux Indians, the First Nation people in, in, in the Americas. Mm. Um, and there was a story there about how they raise their young and how they know exactly how to do that so that the young can survive in the environment that they're actually in. Mm. And so... One of the things this wise people did, these peoples, was that when the boy babies were born, they knew that these babies would one day need to be hunters and warriors. They're going to need to provide sustenance for the tribe and they're going to need to provide protection for the tribe. Now, they understood how you create mm. warriors and hunters. And so what they did from very early on, from birth, is they would swaddle them tightly and leave them for certain periods of times without getting comfort or their needs met. It wasn't a sort of a cruel thing. It was literally a training from the beginning mm. so that when they were out there hunting, they could stay for hours without food and comfort so that they could be successful hunters. Mm. And they raised a cute profoundly skilled hunters and warriors mm. because they understood what terrain they were raising their babies for. Now, what's happened in this modern sort of world, if you like, particularly from the 70s onwards, is we don't really know what sort of world we're raising them into. Like years ago, if you're a tradie, your son may have gone into your trade you remember the old, in England, we used to have an Arkwright and Son, Aye. you know, really old-fashioned. <laughs> That's just an example of it. But that was your old way, and so boys learned to trade. But as we've moved into the age that we're in with these soft skills, what are these soft skills that are co commodities that you can buy, sell, and exchange in an open labour market? Yeah. Well, the soft skills now are to do with language and words. So basically, him that has gone to university and has received a piece of paper, this kind of meritocratic society we live in, here's my piece of paper, therefore I'm an expert. Of course you're not, it's ridiculous. Because we're expecting, you know, university graduates to come out of university and be experts in things they've never done before. Mm. So there's a sort of immaturity that we have to address here. Um, but the soft skills are to do with language. So it's the educated that speak well. They're not producing anything. 
They don't make anything with their hands. And that's part of the reason that we are in trouble because we are raising cohorts of bureaucrats that sit in offices, shuffle pens and paper around and tell other people what to do. And the people that they are telling what to do are the ones that can make things with their hands, the actual ones that keep everything going. Oh, well said. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Fano, Fano, we'll pause for a song. And if you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Kia
Kia Hey, once again, welcome to Colours of the Heart. Hey, thank you so much, Pafano, for your participation. I'm, I'm with a soulful soul talking about, you know, our young men, uh, our youth, in regard to what she sees, what she feels. And it's, it's you know, of course, it's her feelings, her thoughts as a, as a mother, as a, as a social worker, and, and the research and, and, and data she's collected over the years. So do your own research, do, do your own investigation, turn over as many rocks as you possibly can associated with you know, um, these constant changes we're experiencing in our society. I do have personal concerns, hence the reason why I've brought Rowena on board. Now also I need to give... Um, my sponsors a, a thumbs up. Thank you, Kiwi Bike, for loving me. And Access Radio Taranaki, Kiora my Fano. Rowena, once again, thank you for putting your hand up in regard to our show. Um, what are the solutions? I know you touched slightly on that. Can you expand on the solutions in regard to, you know, you know our future and the, and the future of our young people please and mental health was something that you also referenced in the in the break time in the pause time yeah yeah look i think that to to, to get to the solution we, we we as a collective need to acknowledge the, the situation and educate ourselves like you talked about doing that homework doing that due diligence i think that's the part that in the busyness of everything has sort of been lost. So we do need to have a look at the, the, the state that we're in, how we got here, what we're going to do to move things forward. And I think that if we're looking at what we've lost, then we simply need to replace what was lost to bring it back. And I think that there is a certain amount of having to go back to our future to, to realise what was lost and then how we're going to rebuild that. And one of the things that comes to mind is the old apprenticeship model. Mm. So we need that back for our young fellas so that they can learn those trades. We need to start getting behind programmes and initiatives to support traders and the mums and the dads to get into the to get into the flow of all of this and start realising that the skills that they've got are gold. We need to teach our young people that, you know, we need to change the way we deliver education, yeah, so that we stop feminising our young men, so that we go back to those old models that encouraged us, that nurtured us, that where we built things, we used our hands to create and build and grow you know, we're in Taranaki. This was number eight wire territory, right? <laughs> Where's that gone? <laughs> we want it back. Aye. Yeah. Uh, I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Recently, I interviewed uh, a gentleman in regard to mates and construction. And there are a group that go around the mutu and uh, share their, their, their insights in relation to the stresses in the workplace. And what was apparent that the young men who are actually... Um, um, stressed out of their eyeballs, and doing 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 an act that I won't won't mention, um, but doing the the ultimate sacrifice in relation to the mental health, which is again um, stepping out of uh, removing themselves from society. That's as far as I'll go with that because I know it's a touchy subject. But but how do we how do we how do we actually view and address these these issues? Because you know, we've got again, we've got young men that are that are opting out. Mike King has talked about this in, 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 in great 
in a great format and a great, great with great passion. Yes. How do we how do we actually do this without rescuing people, but actually supporting them and standing in their power? How do we do that? Because I think that's and again, I'm not being judgmental, but we've we've got models that actually create more dysfunction than actual help, as far as I'm concerned. A social system represents that. And again, this is my feelings, Fano. Do your own research. But what's your thoughts, considering you know your background in social work? So you mean regards our mental health, regards looking after our young men, looking after them without model coddling them to the point where they actually are feminised to the to the extent that you've been referring to. Yes. Because um, yes. because I, I I'm not against femininity. I mean I'm a I'm a I'm Absolutely. a I'm a I'm a, uh, a, a soulful, um, um, heartfelt man, and I'm and I'm grateful for my ability to care for people. But I also can roll my sleeves up. We've lost that balance along right. the way. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we turned it into something to be um, oppressed, silenced, shut down. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's caused tremendous harm. The truth is, our young boys, they are our treasures. They are gold. They are worth their weighty gold. And we demonise them and we push them out. You bad, you naughty, you didn't play by the rules. we got to stop all that. We. Maybe that's the first thing we can do, Rex, is start growing up. Mm. Each and every single soul has got to do that maturing because we have distanced ourselves from our young people. We have forgotten what it was like to be young and how confusing and painful that was, Mm. you know? We have forgotten that we are powerful influences in the lives of our young people, the things we do and say, the time we give them, you know? We have got to stop this, there's a, you know, this idea that we're a different breed and somehow this adolescent. You know, I don't like these words either. We call them adolescents. You know, they're just versions of us when we were younger. <laughs> they're not a different breed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I've had some discussions with my work colleagues and they seem to think we're, you know, we're lacking discipline. And I'm not suggesting that we're not, but the type of discipline that they're asking or it's just that they feel that needs to be applied is giving it the power over to... Um, an entity such as the government. Um, I grew up through the welfare system, and you know, this is this is not a this is not a poor me. But I grew up in a system where kids were physically reprimanded. I grew up in a system where if you were considered um, of a challenge or had a challenging behaviour, you got put in a lockup, and you got put in a lockup at a very young age, mm-hmm. and. Um, again, I'm not against discipline, but to give the discipline over to a system that is already dysfunctional mm-hmm. in the hope to fix the dysfunction mm-hmm. is leaning towards madness. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I do agree. I do agree. And the whole idea of discipline and trying to trying to, to, to generate discipline through fear, I think we really have to look at that because the truth is it's through inspiration that we grow. It's through inspiration and love. Love is the only energy that cures any of this. That's the truth. Yes. So it's in the process of relationship that Mm. that's really the only process that you can um, find that sort of, if if you like, discipline or corrective experience happens through the process of relationship. And we live in a culture that is very, very isolated, disconnected and cut off. We've lost those sort of bonds mm. that once bound us together, mm. you know, but it's in the process of having a relationship with the people in your community and the people around you. That is your best bet to provide your community with the corrective 
loving experience that needs to happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The oh. words you use, the way you interact with our young. You know, you watch groups of teenagers and then you watch the adults around them and there's this big rift. Mm. So the adults are frightened of the teenagers. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's what's happened. That's how bad this has become. We actually need to just interact and talk. Yeah, and engage them. Yes. 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 No, absolutely. I worked with Youth at Risk some years ago and the the organisation I worked with and for had a reasonably high success rate. And someone said to me a while ago, what what was the key key um, um, point, if you like, regarding the success? And I said, well, you find out what they're passionate about, you find that button and you press it lots and lots and lots and lots of times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And what that does is it builds trust and rapport. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to actually, I use the word discipline, speaking in a tone that's more serious, mm -hmm. they're more likely to take heed based on the trust and the rapport that you've built throughout that relationship. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you what, there's a really clear example of that that I remember years ago. It was a security guard in a, in a grocery shop mm -hmm. in the UK told me the story. Now, he would do his night shifts and he would watch some of his colleagues and the things that happened when they were doing their night shifts. And he saw that it was all about the, the, the sort of subtlety of being. So some of these security guards, when the young people came in and they were clearly up for a bit of a tear up and, you know, <laughs> so he's, he's keeping an eye on them, make sure they're not stealing. But in his sort of scornful, punitive approach, hmm. the kids caused him more trouble. And there was always trouble when this particular character was on. But when the guy that was telling me the story was on shift, he did something different when the young people came in. He said, all right, lads, what you up to? What's happening? What's going on? What's troubling you? What's the score? You know, just engaging them in conversation. Mm. And it neutralised everything. And he never got the shoplifting. He never got the difficult behaviour because he treated them with respect. Do you see the subtlety of that? Aye. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Now, I, now you've got um, a young family, a couple of boys, is that right? Yep. Now, you exercise the very thing you talk about. You homeschool your kids and yes. stuff. What's the difference between what you do now and what they experienced in relation to the to the education system that they were in, embedded in? What, what, what changes have you noticed as a mum? Well, they're calmer. Their sense of self is stronger. They're very clear about the times that they're in. They know roughly what's going on because we've afforded them the education. Mm. Yeah, that the different perspectives that perhaps they wouldn't get through the national curriculum. Aye, aye, yes, aye. yes. And I'm just now going to give your Tane a, a bit of a plug because I know your man reasonably well and he's a character. Hey, yes. Let's face it, he's a character. <laughs> but he creates balance. Mm. In, in, in your relationship in regard to you raising young men. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to give him a plug. Well done to you, brother, and also well done to you, sweetheart. You know, you're a shining light, and I've heard you speak on many occasions, and, I, and my heart warms every time you open your mouth. You are, you are a soulful soul, and thank you for bringing your insight, your knowledge to the show, to Colours of the Heart. And Fano, Fano, and you have been told, let me tell you again, you are cared for cure. Thank you for your time and your ears. If you are inspired, 
and stimulated by what has been said, you can contact me at Mountaintop Life Coaching and look forward to hearing your feedback. If you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Kia ora. Imagine there's no heaven. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.